Good morning. Amen. Absolutely praise the Lord. How many of you know that you are not alone? So easy to clap and shout when we're in this congregation in corporate worship and the spirit's freely flowing. But this morning, I want to talk to you about times when maybe you question if you're alone. Those times when you're awoken in the midnight hour with pain searing through your body and there's no medication to touch it and everybody around you is giving you all this advice and you've prayed and you've believed but your body is still writhing in pain and you don't know why and you don't know the solution and you don't know what to do and you feel all alone. I want to talk to you about times like that. Maybe that pain you're feeling isn't physical. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's spiritual. But it's pain. And these times I want to call, I want to say your faith is under fire. So if I had to put a title to my message this morning, it would be faith under fire. Faith under fire. Before I get started, I just want to pray because... I've written this message 30-something different ways in my head, (laughs) preached it in the shower millions of different ways. I have, you know, this is, might be version (laughs) 6.2, but the idea is that I don't want it to be my message. I want it to be the Lord's message and what he has for us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before you this morning, just asking for the leading of your Holy Spirit, that every word that proceeds out of my mouth would be divinely anointed and appointed by you. I pray that each and every person that is here this morning, that you would just touch their hearts, that the ground would be ready to receive the seed that you want to implant in them today. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Jesus, we thank you for the price that you have paid so that we could sit here this morning and feast upon your word. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. I get real dry mouth real fast. So I already said the title of my message is Faith Under Fire. And I want to talk about what it looks like when your faith is under fire. But first, I want to establish some things about faith. What is faith and why do we need it? Faith is a common word today, I would say, even to people that are not believers. You see it everywhere. It's written everywhere. I have faith. But who do you have faith in? I'm not talking about faith that... I just have faith that the universe is going to bring the right person, or I have faith that the universe is going to bring you the answer. I want to know if you say you have faith for me, that you have faith in the one who created the universe, okay? I'm sending positive vibes your way, and I have faith. The only kind of vibes I want sent my way is from the thunderous voice flowing from the throne room of grace speaking into my situation. Those are the vibrations and the vibes that I want. Okay? Not faith in karma. 
I want you to have faith and you reap what you sow, but yet God's grace is good enough to see you through when you're reaping all that stuff you sowed before. You know, that's the kind of faith that I'm talking about. The faith that's fundamental to our Christian walk, the faith that's a gift that enables our salvation, the faith that causes us to believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only son of God, but yet he's all to, uh, he's all together. God, he took on a human existence to pay the price for all sin. He died on the cross for you and I, he conquered death in the grave and he rose again being that he holds the keys to the kingdom that he's sitting at the right hand of the father sitting, resting, right? Making intercession for you and I. That's the kind of faith that I'm talking about. In Mark 11:22 through 24, Jesus said, "Have faith in God." Period. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, "Be taken up and thrown into the sea," and does not doubt in his heart, believe, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Faith moves the hand of God, not what you do, not how many times you've been to church, not how much money you give, not who you're nice to, but it's prayer and faith in God, the creator of the heavens and the earth that moves the hand of God. (laughs) Nothing else. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we don't see. And according to Romans 12.3, we were all given a measure of faith, each and every one of us. Ephesians 2.8-9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, but it is a gift of God, not a a result of works so that no one can boast. You and I are saved, not by nothing that we do. Our faith in believing that Jesus Christ is the son of God comes by a gift of grace from him. You and I cannot boast about that. Hebrews 11, 6 goes on to tell us that without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. One of my favorites of all is Ephesians six sixteen, because it tells us that faith is our shield. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. When I read that and I was thinking about this message, thinking about that our faith is our shield, right? Here's my shield of faith. And in Ephesians, they're talking about the whole armor of God. How many of you know that you wouldn't need a whole armor of God unless you're marching into a battle? Come on. I don't put on a suit of armor to go to work in the physical. The only people in the physical that put on a suit of armor are people that are either training for battle or going into battle, right? So the reason why the Bible tells us about 
the full armor of God is because we are going into battle. And in our battle, our shield to quench the fiery darts of the enemy is our shield of faith. Faith is so important that I would imagine if it is your shield, if there's any area that you and I are lacking faith in, I would think that that might represent itself as a hole in our shield or maybe a weakness in our shield. But these are areas that the enemy would love to exploit in your and my life. And that's why our faith is under fire because the enemy is is pounding us daily with a barrage of fiery darts wanting to penetrate that shield that he could take out. You and I that are called to be in-day warriors, the salt of the earth, reaching a lost and dying world. There is a reason that your faith is under fire and that's because the enemy wants to thwart every move of God, every life that you can touch and change. He will take you out if you allow him before you can get there. What does your shield of faith look like? Do you got holes in it? Is it thin? I'm not even going to stand up here and lie and act like my shield of faith is like three feet. There's some areas. The enemy will exploit those areas. We need faith to be purified if we're going to walk in the divine places that God has called us to. I cannot walk so Looking back at when I first rededicated my life to the Lord, I could not then, with the faith that I had at that moment, walk through the things that I walk through today. I couldn't do it. And I used to always say, God, I wish you would just show me, right? We all want a roadmap to life. We all want it just mapped out. How many of you know you want that mapped out because you don't really have faith about where you're going? That's why you want it mapped out, right? You want it mapped out because you don't know where you're going. And if the Lord had that mapped out for me, I wouldn't go at all. (laughs) I would be like, let's just pause right here. And I'd probably build a house in the place that I was only meant to be passing through. And I think sometimes the lack of faith in our life causes us to build homes in the wilderness Instead of just pitching a tent, it's the reason why we spend 40 years somewhere instead of a day's journey, right? It purifies our faith. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 says, In all this you greatly rejoice. Now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have not come so that the proven genuine, these have. I said these have not, huh? See, that that just goes to show you can't add or take away anything to the word of God because it'll change its whole meaning. You have to stay pure to the word of God. It says these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Everything we go through, come on, everything we go through has a purpose, right? Everything. Come on, Rosie, you ain't walking in what you're walking in right now because it's a walk in the park. Come on. 
Come on, that faith you carry, I'd care to venture that it's going to double in thickness by the time you finish this walk that you're walking right now in this situation. Because nothing that we go through is in vain. Everything that we go through has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. And I bet you on the other side, Rosie, that you're going to stand up and you're going to say, Lord, I give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And knowing what I know now, I would do it all again. It purifies our faith. I've been in this battle with my body for like over a year. Over a year, and it's worn on me. And I'm not going to lie, I've been like bitter to some people. You know, people have ideas and people that you would think would be there for you or not there for you. You know, there's those times where you feel really alone and you feel so isolated. And uh, just recently, and I've been seeing doctors. I've, I've seen so many doctors and I've tried so many medications. And um, I finally am like on the, on the I want to say I'm on the end of this journey. Um, I'm seeing a specialist now. But, but I want to tell you this, I've been searching and praying and praying and praying. And what I know that God does not delight in seeing us suffer. He does not delight in seeing us suffer. But the sufferings that we're experiencing on earth are really temporary in the grand scheme of things. You see, our vision is here and his vision's from like way up there. Like he sees and knows all. He's the master strategist. And when I really started trusting the Lord to be my source and deciding that I'm not going to take a barrage of medication and all this stuff to fight it, he started showing me how there were some paper thin areas in my armor. You see, about 14 years ago, God delivered me from an addiction, and I had spoken out more than once that I always had this fear if I was injured or something because I would have to take medication. And I was afraid to take medication because the enemy made me think that if I ever had to take medication, that I was going to open this door and that I was going to go back again, and that I was going to go back to this life that God delivered me from. And you see, God didn't want Shannon to walk around with that fear hidden in that area of her heart. So if I have to be in physical pain every day of my life for 370 something days for me to get it that I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to go back to where God delivered me from, then so be it. Never, ever, ever. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. That I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. That Shannon Lee is not the same person that she was when God delivered her 14 years ago. And that it doesn't matter what I got to do to get by today. That it's all temporary. That it is temporary. And it isn't easy. And just because I saw that and was illuminated to that and all that doesn't make that any easier. Because I'm going to tell on the devil because he is a liar. Yesterday I was 
was sitting at my kitchen table and I was feeling the pain burning through my legs and I was like, Lord, how am I going to do this without medication? How am I going to lean on you? But I started crying and I said, Lord, it's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit saith the Lord most high. And I will trust you and I will lean on you and I will depend on you and you are my source and you are my strength and you are a shield of fire that stands before me and that the enemy's fiery darts cannot come near me because when my shield of faith is weak, you are strong within me. I went on about a 35-minute walk, came home, did a little bit of stretching, and had no more pain. No more pain. None whatsoever. And I was like, okay, I could do this. Walk. Walk in the park. I can do that. It purifies our faith. I know that God is my comforter. I know that I'm not going back. The fiery trying of our faith breaks bondages. Having that belief and that stronghold that somehow, some way, I could go back meant that I had some bondage still in my life, right? When we have fears or belief systems that don't align with the word of God, it's a, a form of bondage in our life. Um, in the recovery community, they call it reservations, right? There's a reservation that somehow, some way, I'm going to have to go back. In Daniel chapter 3, we learn of three Jewish men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that refused to bow down to the king Nebuchadnezzar, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. In verse 19 of Daniel chapter 3 reads, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the blazing furnace. So these men were wearing robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men were firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, yes, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. A lot of times, the fiery trying of our faith is to be freed from those bondages of life. And all of our bondages look different. All of them. But when you are thrown into the fire bound and you go in that fire 
and the son of the living God walks in that fire with you, you are loosed. You are loosed. And those bondages I'm talking about are self-image bondage, where you come from. It's different for everybody. Some of, some of you have endured abuse growing up. You have bondage in relationships, sexual abuse, self-image issues. Maybe you were made fun of. We all have different things, less than, low self-esteem, all kinds of different bondages that we go into our Christian walk with. The enemy's idea or main purpose in life is to maim you, to scar you, to wound you, to, to do anything he can to keep you from completing what God has for you to do, that work that God has for you. And so we're bound. And it's in the fire that we're loosed and freed and that bondages are broken. And the fiery train of our faith hardens us to the difficulties and pressures of life. And I don't mean hardens us to where we have a hard heart. I mean that there are some things that we are going to have to go through that we cannot be sissy lalas and pansies anymore. Okay? We just can't. We cannot. I want to. I do. I want to. I just want to cry on someone's shoulder half the time. Sometimes I feel like, Lord, I don't want to be strong anymore. You know, if you've had to be strong your whole life, if you have overcome sexual abuse, physical abuse, an addiction, crazy relationships, bad kids because you didn't know how to be a parent, you know, all those things, you get to a point in your life where you want to lay down. You want to rest. You want easy street. Honey, you're not going to get it on this side of glory because there's a reason why you went through all those things. You went through all those things because the enemy was afraid of who you were going to become. In Jeremiah 18, God referred to himself as the potter. He is the potter, we are the clay. After the potter has shaped his masterpiece into an art that is pleasing to the creator, he has to put it into a kiln. For the firing purpose. So once you are shaped and you represent this beautiful mold that the master creator has, you don't just get painted right then and there. If you got painted right then and there, once you had that shape, you would lose your shape under the pressure, the pressure of life. You would lose your shape. So after you are shaped into that beautiful masterpiece, you have to go through the firing process. When I looked up what is the firing process or what is it to accomplish, I loved it. It said, the firing removes the physical and chemical water so that the piece can be glazed without returning to mud or breaking without returning to mud you and I started out as just a clump of mud before the master 
begin to shape and mold us, we were a clump of mud. And if you don't want to be just a big pile of dirt anymore, then you're going to have to go through some firing. You and I are going to have to experience some heat in this life. And if you don't want to break under the pressures of life, we're not Christians and people that walk with the Lord aren't the only people that go through problems. There's pressures of life everywhere, but you and I can set a precedence of what it's like to go through the pressures of life walking with the great I am and show that we can walk through the pressures of life with grace, that we can have a smile on our face knowing that 10,000 may fall at one side and 1,000 fall at the other, but I will not be harmed, that we can walk with the confidence that we will not be harmed. The worship team can come back up. I asked permission, but we're going to go through things. I say I asked permission because I'm going to talk about my sister and her husband, but we go through things in life sometimes not only for our situation. And I don't know their hearts intimately, so I don't know what God's purpose is, but I know that sometimes when we go through things, not sometimes, always, there's people watching all around. And my brother Nathan got this work injury, I don't know how many years ago, and has had two back surgeries, and um, I don't know, maybe six months ago. My timelines and all this isn't going to be exactly accurate, okay? This is just my spin on it. So maybe about six months ago or something, I don't know, maybe five, four months ago, he got a call that, like, his benefits, so his insurance and his money, their income and everything, was just going to go away because they said, you know, you're not disabled anymore. Social Security just decided, didn't even look at him, just wrote a letter one day and said, we just decided you're not disabled anymore. Um, and so... That was a big strain on them, a big strain. Half their income, not only half their income, but if you have a disability um, and you have to go to the doctors regularly and all of that stuff, you know, you need your benefits. How many of you know that medical benefits save you thousands and thousands of dollars? So it's not even like he could just pay cash to go to the doctor because guess what? They took that too, you know, so they didn't really leave very much, much of a choice. But they both did what they knew would change the circumstances and change the situation. They came up to an altar and they asked the elders in the church to lay hands and pray for them. They prayed and sought the Lord. They continued life with confidence and faith that God would prevail in the situation and would move upon the situation. And not long after, well, it was a while, it was a, a minute, but everything was restored without having to go to, through all this hoopla and all that stuff. Their income was restored. His benefits were restored. And we don't know who watches us when we go through those things. We don't know who sees us go to the Lord to change our circumstances. We don't know. 
But I also want to tell you, if your faith has been under fire and there's areas that are, there's things in your life that are going on and that you are struggling believing the Lord for them, I want to encourage you to get in his word, to come to church, to come to prayer Tuesday night, to make sure that you are feeding yourself with the truth and the knowledge. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. So if you are lacking faith in a certain area, get into the word. Go somewhere where you are going to hear God's word, that you could build up that most holy faith within you, that those areas of weakness in your shield can be plugged, can be thickened, that you can hit the enemy right at the source. When I was on my way here this morning, the the Lord was showing me that when we have fear, unbelief, and things like that in our life, when we're a Christian and we're called to walk by faith, it's like we have an infection. It's like bacteria has been able to penetrate our skin or our shield. And that infection will continue to grow and grow and grow unless you get a good dose of antibiotics. And the antibiotics in the spiritual realm is your word of God, is the unadulterated truth, the word of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about some of you, but you might have a big infection that's on the verge of being gangrene where you got to cut off an area of your life. And when you're on the verge of gangrene, you don't just take a pill once a week, like coming to church on a Sunday morning. When you got game green, getting ready to come on, they start giving you injections, intravenous, however you say that, injections, big doses of antibiotics. And if you need big doses of antibiotics, I want to tell you that you need to turn that that TV on nothing but like TBN, and you need to start hearing people minister the word of God. You need to come down to Tuesday night. You need to be here on a Thursday night. You need to be here on a Sunday morning. You need to be on your knees and not looking at the paper what your horoscope might be that day because the stars don't determine where you're going. I mean, there's Christian people that are looking at, how's my day going to go? Let me look at my horoscope. Don't you know I'm a Sagittarius and that's why I am the way I am? Come on now. Those stars ain't going to tell me nothing but that there is a one true living God that created them and hung them in the sky and said, stay here. He's the one that says how my day's going to go. If you have areas where you're struggling in your faith this morning, I want to call the prayer team up. I just want to invite you up here for prayer that we can pray with you. How many of you know that iron sharpens iron? And that we are called to be elephants. To stand on each side of those that are struggling and hold them up when they don't have the faith or the strength to stand themselves. That we could be their elephants and hold them up. If you have any doubt 
in any area. It doesn't even have to be really big. Any fear, unbelief, these are all areas that the enemy uses. But they are also all opportunities for more of him. For more of him. I'm going to put this down and invite everybody up who wants 